Hello and welcome to Silver Age Silver Screen, a podcast where we watch, discuss, and review sci-fi, cult, superhero, and other stereotypically geeky films. I'm your co-host, Casey Jarms. And I'm your other co-host, Riley Thorpe. And Riley, do you know what imposter syndrome is? Uh, is that that mode in Among Us where... Oh, shut like... up. Shut up. <laughs> imposter syndrome is where you have this great doubt about the quality of your work and your own success. Like, most artists suffer from it. I, and not to call myself an artist because that's pretentious, but I hate most things I've written and think I'm a terrible writer. And then people say, no, this is pretty good. I don't know. Point is, imposter syndrome can suck sometimes. Just you feel like you're worthless and the things you make aren't very good. And the best way to counter that is to watch something like Plan 9 from Outer Space, which will reassure you that no, no, you're good. You're good. You could have made this shit. You made something much better. What what the fuck is this movie? This could not get any worse, but it can. It always can. And this is the epitome of that. I struggle to think of a way this film could have been worse. I know. I'm calling it right now. This is the worst movie we've watched on this show. This is the worst movie we've reviewed. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. Not to give our scores two minutes into the review. I'm giving this worse than the Star Wars Holiday Special. It's that fucking bad. This is directed, written, edited, and produced by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Ed Wood Jr. Now, the reason why Ed Wood has gone down in infamy is because he is considered the king of shit movies. The man has made so many terrible movies, horrible, unwatchably bad movies, back to back to back his entire career, that Tim Burton directed a biopic of his life, starring Johnny Depp. Now, going into this movie, I had heard the infamy of Ed Wood. I hadn't seen any of his movies, but I've heard stories. And I I haven't even seen the Tim Burton biopic. I've seen clips of this movie, but nothing. Even watching, like, scenes from the movie on YouTube and shit like that. Nothing could have prepared me for how bad this movie is. Oh my god, like, literally everything... Like, it, it, it blows my mind. As a filmmaker myself, I recognize that there, especially if you're so early in your career as I am, you're not going to make the greatest films all the time. It's going to be flawed. Sometimes you're early on in your career, whatever, something just doesn't work out. But not even by accident did anything work in this movie. Literally, everything is the worst possible version of itself it can be. And not even in like a satiric, ironic kind of way, or even in arguably a funny way. It's not even like that. It's just bad. This film has gotten the bad rap. People are like, oh, it's so bad. It's good. It's hilarious. It's one of the worst films ever made. And it is one of the worst films ever made. But it is not hilarious. Like, so much of this film is just dull and plodding and... So much exposition. Yeah, I don't know how to describe properly what this film's biggest problem is. This is a film that doesn't really have structure. Like, you know, (laughs) that classic, oh, that, like, chart thing kind of looks like a bell curve with, like, the rising action, climax, the announcement, yeah, yeah, yeah. This film doesn't have that. It's just a bunch of boring exposition scenes that happen with little narrative tissue connecting them, and then at the end there's a climax. It's... Less than 80 minutes, and it 
felt like an eternity. I always got the feeling, from what I've gathered from people's opinions, that the problem with Ed Wood and his movies is that he didn't have the time, money, and arguably talent to make the kinds of movies that he wanted to make. This movie tries to go for this sci-fi epic horror story. And it, it, it fails as a sci-fi movie. It fails as a horror movie, even for the time. And then that's not to say that movies of this time or earlier were bad because they're old. No, I'm not saying that at all. It's like what people find scary back in the day doesn't always translate. We're spoiled off of The Conjuring and shit like that. Like, that's what we find scary today. Point is, it's just bad. Literally, like, it fails at everything it tries to do, and it looks shit while doing it. No money whatsoever went into this movie. And I looked it up. This movie was made in the late 50s, and it had a budget of 60 grand, which translates to $570,000 today. And I mean... That's small for a feature film budget, but there are very good films that have worked on less than that. The thing that my mind went to was Paranormal Activity. It was created by a guy, I think he was a, what, he was a computer programmer, who was like, I got 15 grand, I want to make a movie. And he made what is, statistically speaking, the most successful film ever made. Because it was made off of only, what, 15 grand? And it made like $300 million dollars. So compared to budget box office ratio, it's the most successful movie ever. Now, whatever your opinions are on this movie, on, on Paranormal Activity, you can't deny that he did something right for the time and for audiences of the time. So point the point of what I'm trying to say is, yeah, him and his team didn't have a lot of money, but they did what they could and they made the movie they could with the money, the time, and the talent they had. And they did something that pioneered an entire genre. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not really even a fan of paranormal activity, but it is a good example of how to do a horror movie with a low budget. Contrast it with this, which, like, okay, we need to make this big movie about a zombie apocalypse. We have two dollars. Okay, we have two zombies. Just two in the entire movie, because we can't afford more. And we're gonna have flying saucers flying over shots of L.A. Okay, we have no money to make those. I don't know, just fold something out of tinfoil and just superimpose it in the sky. Dangle it over strings. Maybe we'll light it on fire at one point. I don't know, the special effects are fucking ass in this movie. Everything's ass. I don't know why I said that. Everything's ass. Literally. It blows my mind. I, I, I'm pretty sure I said this earlier. I know I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. It blows my mind that not even by accident is anything good. Writing, directing, acting, editing, cinematography, production design, all of it is garbage. Like, and not even like in a funny way, just bad. Well, there is like one slight part of this movie that's funny, and that's how it opens with this weird scene that doesn't really have any connective tissue to the rest of the film. Just like a narrator saying, this is the story, and I'm going to give a big speech about it. And I'm just going to quote him because it's the stupidest fucking speech I've ever heard. <laughs> Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And I mean, yeah... And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. Oh boy, we're in for a 
treat with that brilliant dialogue of future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are bringing you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand hearing the shocking facts of grave robbers from outer space? A, that was dumb. B, that was a load of nothing. And C, you'll notice the very blatant title drop, Grave Robbers from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. That's what this film was originally released under. Then they just re-released it as Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is a worse title. Yeah, it's a really stupid title. It, it makes sense in the context of the story at a point, but still, it's a dumb title. And if you thought that the narrator at the beginning of the film was really stupid and really obnoxious, don't worry. He gives exposition for half this movie. At one point, a woman walks out of her house and faints from seeing the flying saucers flying overhead. And he goes, this poor woman fainted at the sight of these aliens and shit like that. Like he's there for half this movie. So don't worry, he's gonna be around. God. So I feel like to describe the plot of this movie, we need to describe what this film was originally supposed to be. Ed Wood was good friends with horror actor Bella Lugosi. He played Dracula. Famous, very, very campy, but very, very good horror actor. It sucks that towards the end of his career, he went from Dracula at the beginning of his career to working with Ed Wood towards the end of it. That's really tragic to me. <laughs> During the final years of his life, Bill Lugosi was filming a film with Ed Wood called The Vampire's Tomb, where he played a vampire. And then he passed away. But Ed Wood still had footage of that famous actor, and he could bill his new film as the last appearance of Bela Lugosi. So let's just make a movie around those five minutes of screen time we have of Bela Lugosi. Mm -hmm. And most of that screen time is just him walking out of the woods, twirling his cape around, and then walking back into the fucking woods. Yeah, and, like, they needed to have some scenes that they didn't have the footage for, so they just had a stand-in. And the stand-in they got was not an actor. It was Ed Wood's wife's chiropractor, I believe, from what I've read. <laughs> like, just a random guy who vaguely looked like Bela Lugosi. But he didn't quite look like Bela Lugosi. So, how do you have the audience not figure out that the stand-in is fake? I know, he's playing a vampire, except not really, but he's playing a vampire, so just have him hold his cape up over his face all the time. That's the level. That's where we're at, people. I mean, come on. Bela Lugosi, like, he'll show up and stand around for a couple seconds, then it'll cut to a guy in that same character holding a cape over his face, walking slowly towards somebody. So, the way... The film's actual plot begins. Bella Lugosi's wife dies and everyone's at the funeral. And then a flying saucer flies over. And it's not a good flying saucer. It's just a toy on a string and it's like wobbling all the time it's on screen. And it's very poorly rotoscoped in. Is that the term for it? I'm not a filmmaker. Yeah, rotoscoped. 
at this exact same scene, there's a plane flying overhead and the pilot and his co-pilot are talking, whatever. And then out of nowhere, the flying saucer flies past. And with this scene, it's shot, it's shooting the cockpit of the airplane. And it's just pieces of cardboard. It's nothing. It's not the interior of a plane. It's just two guys standing in front of some cardboard stood up and then a curtain acting as the door. So get used to the, that type of production design because that happens a lot. And then just, I, I got to gather myself here. I'm sorry. I, it's like, at a point uh, when the flying saucer goes overhead, there's a flash of light that projects into the cockpit and above the pilot's heads, you can see the shadow from the microphone. You can see the shadow clear as day in the frame. And in that exact same frame, the co-pilot has the script in his lap. And you can see that. Now, to be fair, the boom mic wasn't visible in the original release of this film. It just became visible because of cropping and later releases. But on the other hand, you can see the script that this actor, and I use the term actor loosely because no one in this movie can act. You can see the script! Oh, God. So the pilot, his name is Jeff Trent, he rants about how, oh, there's flying saucers, but the government's, like, covering it up, and man, I just want to tell someone, oh, but the government's gonna force me to silence. And then it cuts back to the cemetery, where grave diggers are, like, burying the body, and then they're killed by a zombie who looks like a vampire and has really big eyebrows that are like paid it on. Yeah, and we find out later on that this vampire is somehow the resurrected wife of Bella Lugosi. Yeah, about for a year age difference, but that's fine. Yeah, not a big deal. Oh, also, it should be noted that woman, all she ever played was like vampires, and she went by the stage name Vampira, and that's the second vampire in this zombie movie. I should note. <laughs> the gravediggers' bodies are found, and the police go to the site to investigate. The dialogue is so bad. It's so generic, but at the same time, it's so poorly done, poorly written, and poorly executed. Oh my god. There's one point where someone says, we've been visited by saucers. Wait, visited by saucers? That means that there are visitors in those saucers. What the fuck are you talking about? It's like this movie was made by fifth graders. Oh, and you know what makes the dialogue just a little bit better? The fact that one of the cops in that scene, his name is Clay. He's this really big, strong guy. He was actually played by a bodybuilder who was friends with Ed Wood. So his actor was Swedish and has the thickest accent I've ever heard. I have no clue what he says in any scene in this movie. Was he the big bald guy? Yeah, he's incomprehensible. Yeah, he was the inspector. And the inspector gets killed by the vampires. Wait a minute. I'm just now realizing. You know what we forgot to mention? Did we forget to mention that Bella Lugosi gets hit by a car and dies? Bella Lugosi dies in this movie very early on, very soon after his wife's funeral. He walks out of his house, grabs a flower, and then walks off screen, and then there's a sound effect of a car screeching and someone screaming, and it's like, yeah, that's his death scene. Oh, and we should note, getting back to the really fucking annoying narrator, during that whole scene, he's like, he is sad now because his wife is dead. Picks up flower, 
Even this flower makes him feel sad because it reminds him of his wife. Like, oh god, show don't tell. The inspector is killed by both vampires who, I will note, the zombies in this movie, they're slow zombies. They, they walk. But it's like the way they're shot, they're aimlessly walking towards you at like half a mile per hour. And then all people do is stand there and freak out as it happens. Yeah, and I mean, slow zombies can work when there's a horde of them. But in this movie, there's two zombies and some stock footage of a vampire. Yeah. The flying saucers start flying over Hollywood. Everyone's freaking out. The narrator is expositioning the shit out of this scene. The military, in some more stock footage, fires a bunch of missiles at the flying saucers, and then they say, oh, yeah, the flying saucers have visited before, but the government covers them up. They just flew through a bunch of cities and we shot missiles at them, but no, no, no. No one knows the flying saucers are real. We covered it up. Way to go, the government. Like, yeah, there's very blatant stock footage of just vehicles and weapons being fired and shot and stuff like that. And it's intercut with this really shitty... With the stuff that they shot. The colonel who's in charge of this operation is standing in front of a fucking blanket. And yes, it is a blanket. Like, you can see the creases in the background. Like, that's not a fucking sky, dude. That's a fucking blanket you hung up and said, Hey, stand there. Look through the binoculars. Intercutting stock footage of real military operations mixed in with this zero-budget shit. It just makes it seem even shittier. And that's not to say that the stock footage looks that great either. It's like really low, really grainy, low-quality shit. But even that looks better than the horrible special effects, the horrible production design. God damn it. Yeah, ugh. So, after this scene of the government just trying to shoot down the aliens, we get to meet them! The aliens, Eros, and Tana, and their unnamed commander, who have a spaceship that looks very, very sci-fi and interesting and isn't just a room. Their commander wears a LARPing outfit, I will point out. Yeah, so let's talk about what plan number nine is that the whole movie centers around. So these aliens, they want to give important warnings to humanity, but the government keeps shooting at them with missiles and, like, covering them up. So they need to make people know that aliens exist. So they make zombies in Hollywood. Now, I have one issue with this. No, I'm just kidding. I have literally every single issue that could ever be had with this. What the fuck kind of plan is that? Well, I mean, I guess the eight more competent plans failed. That's really unfortunate. Like you said, I get they would want to theoretically cause terror or harm to people why they would send these mindless zombies to kill and attack them. That's their thing. At this point in the movie, all we know is they want humans to know their existence. I don't know, arguably, flying over L.A. and Washington, D.C., freaking everybody out, having the military open fire on them. I don't know. I feel like people would know your existence by that point. 
Just maybe. Also, they're surprisingly subtle with their raising zombies. Like, the zombies mostly just stick in the graveyard and kill people who come to the graveyard. Like, there are a few scenes where they go out and attack a single person, but this isn't causing mass panic. No, it's really not. Like, these aliens, they're not, they're not, they're not too bright. They don't have really good plans, and they look exactly like humans. Well, no, they're wearing garbage bags. Very true, very true. Oh, speaking of the aliens being dumb, they're like expositioning their ray gun that brings dead people back to life. And it like glitches out and they lose control of the big zombie and he just starts strangling them to death. Yeah, the inspector was risen from the dead and turned into a zombie. Yeah, and they lose control of him and he tries to kill them because these aliens are morons. Anyway, that was that scene. The really shitty, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm getting really redundant by saying it's shitty because literally everything in this movie is shitty. Point is, it was a scene in Plan 9 from Outer Space, which you can naturally infer means it was shitty. Do you know what the problem with trying to describe the plot of this film is? There's not exactly what is considered a plot at all. Well, that, and also, I do not give a shit about anyone in this movie. No, not at all. Like, there's these three interconnected plot lines that meet up in the end. There's the pilot, there's the colonel, and then there's the detective. And none of them are even remotely interesting, and I don't care about any of them, and I just zoned out every single scene in this movie. I didn't even know that the army guy was a colonel. I was just guessing. I don't even know if he is. I'm going to show you how forgettable these characters are. Mm -hmm. Which one is John Harper? The pilot, the soldier, or the cop? Um, I'm going to say the pilot... And that was the boring cop who's barely a character. Oh, the yeah. boring pilot who was barely a character was Trent. Speaking of Trent... He's still worried about this flying saucer he saw, and he's heading away for work, and he tells his wife, Ooh, I'm worried. Better lock the door or stay with your mother so you don't get killed by zombies. Oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> and then Bella Lugosi breaks into Paula's house and, like, chases her outside, and then the other zombies chase her, and then she gets away anyway. You know what really really blew my mind about this scene what is that as she's running away and being picked up by the guy in the car it's daytime but then it cuts to all the zombies and it's nighttime and it keeps cutting back and forth between day and night in the same fucking scene eh, it's fine it's fine it's black and white they won't be able to tell the difference between black and white <laughs> yeah we won't be able to tell the fact the difference between the fucking sun is out or not God, what even happens in this movie? Army dude and cop dude meet up with pilot dude at his house, and then the aliens decide to spook them by having Bela Lugosi march to the house and then hitting him with a second laser that kills him again and makes him a skeleton. Because IQ 195, I guess? I don't know. So anyway, they just all go to the cemetery to fight the aliens, and they leave the wife in the car, and then she gets kidnapped anyway by the big zombie. And they break into the spaceship and get the confrontation with the bad guys, who finally explain their motives. You see, the aliens have come to Earth to warn humanity that they are eventually going to create a new type of bomb. 
We have created the nuclear bomb. We've created the hydrogen bomb. And eventually, we're going to create the solar benite bomb, which ignites once in contact with sunlight. And yeah, I mean, that sounds kind of dumb, but you see, they explained the techno babble of it. Well, I mean, you can make an atom explode, and sunlight is made of a bunch of atoms, so you can definitely make sunlight explode. Oh boy. The point is, it's a bomb that explodes the sunlight. The aliens have come down to Earth to warn humanity that they're on the path to make this bomb. When they make the bomb, they're going to destroy Earth, which will set off a chain reaction that will lead its way to the sun, explode the sun, and the chain reaction will continue until the entire universe is destroyed by this one superweapon. So, at this point, we learn that the villains of this movie, the aliens, have come to Earth speaking, preaching, anti-war. At this point, it becomes an anti-war film, which blew my mind when I watched it. I go, is this becoming anti-war propaganda? Not to say that I don't approve of that at all. I hate war. But it's just, it's so weird. This movie who's been, this movie that's been so bad at every possible angle, this entire film, out of nowhere starts to have this anti-war message. Like, what the fuck? The point is, these aliens, their plan is that they want to come down to Earth to help us and save the entire universe. So their way of doing that is by resurrecting dead bodies to terrorize a local neighborhood in Los Angeles that has nothing to do with the creation of this bomb whatsoever. That's that that's that's the plot. That's the plan. And to be fair, you might think, wow, these aliens are dumb. But so are the humans. Because the army dude, when he learns, oh, you will soon create a bomb that will destroy the entire universe, he's like, fuck yeah, that'll make the US have a stronger military. And the alien, it's probably the most famous thing from the movie. He just says, you're stupid, 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 stupid. All of you are so stupid. <laughs> Genius writing right there. Thank you, Edwin. Which I mean, yeah, they are. But also, I feel like whoever wrote that line, Ed Wood, he wrote the film. I feel like Ed Wood, when he wrote stupid, 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 should have maybe looked in a mirror and looked at who's the real stupid person. This was his fourth feature film. I would like to throw that out there. And this was his, I think in total, his seventh directing credit, I believe. He had made a couple short films. Let's see, pulling up the list. Feature films, Glenn or Glenda in 53, Jailbait in 54, Bride of the Monster in 55, This in 57, but also Final Curtain in 57, and Night the Banshee Cried in 57. He directed three feature films and two short films before this. Oh, shit, he'd made three television movies. Like, he had experience, and he still made this mess of a film. Quentin Tarantino's fourth movie is Kill Bill. Christopher Nolan's fourth movie is Batman Begins, for fuck's sake. The point is, how you get better as an artist, or whatever you're doing, is by putting in practice, right? Like, say, Casey, for example, you're, you're an author, you're a writer. Say, for example, you wrote four books. Uh-huh. And then wrote, like, two other books that are short story collections. Uh -huh. The point of why you write those is, the idea at least, is they progressively get better because you're learning how to improve yourself as a writer. Yeah, oh fuck, like, looking back at my early stuff, oh god, that first book I ever wrote was bad. And the books I write now are still bad, but they're less bad, because practice. Uh-huh. Wait, hold on. Does this mean that Glen or Glenda is possibly even worse? I don't even know. I... <laughs> 
<laughs> I I don't know. I I'd, I'd love to check it out, but I don't know. Like like you 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 put in so much practice with the intent on it improving yourself, correct? As an artist. This guy, he had so many directing credits, and yet everything is horrible. Like, he learned nothing for throughout seven credits. His fourth movie. What the fuck? Like, I, I, I would believe, as a filmmaker, it's like, the truth of the matter is, is like, you're still learning how to become a director and tell a story. It's understandable that your short films beforehand and maybe your first feature film or two aren't going to be as great. But, I, 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 this movie. That's all I have to say, this movie. <laughs> How does this movie end? Paul gets kidnapped by the big zombie. The police knock him out by hitting him in the head. There's a big fight in the spaceship. It gets set on fire. The aliens take off. Then it explodes and all the zombies turn to skeletons. End the movie! Wasn't that an experience? Didn't you have fun, Riley? I had a lot of fun. And by the the last shot of this movie is the announcer making sure that we had fun as well. The announcer basically says that we can't prove that this didn't happen. I can. And then the movie ends. Well, starting off with the fact that nothing is resolved, humanity is going to destroy the entire universe with the solar benite bomb. Although, then again, in real life, if it wasn't going to be with the solar benite bomb, it was going to be with something else, because yay humanity. And, the, and another thing that the aliens did that was so stupid is in order to send this message to humanity, they sent two of their operatives. One of them is an incompetent asshole that they took ships away from because they don't trust him and they don't think he's doing a good job. The other one was a female who the first guy said outright that f women are second-class citizens to this planet. So they have a message to send to humanity to prevent them from destroying the universe. They send two people they don't trust to resurrect the dead to terrorize people who have nothing to do with the creation of that bomb. That is the plot of this movie. Does that sound like the dumbest thing you've ever heard? It's probably because it is. Nothing in this movie is smart. Nothing in this movie is skillful. Nothing in this movie is deserving of praise. No, it's not even really so bad it's good. It's just dull and bad, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. I don't know. As a filmmaker myself, I've learned a lot and I've directed a lot, and I, I, I recognize some of these flaws, and it's like, there's so many just, not even amateur mistakes, just pure incompetence in display here. Like, there's a part where the co-pilot is flirting with one of the flight attendants. At a point, he's talking with her, and then mid-conversation, it cuts to a different camera angle when he's not talking to her. It cuts him off mid-conversation! This movie had Bella Lugosi in it. And this isn't even the only Ed Wood film that Bella Lugosi appeared in. I want to know what this guy did afterwards. Well, he died. No, not Bella Lugosi, uh, Ed Wood. Oh. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh my, six! They let him make six more movies! Who gave him money? I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Oh honestly. God, and he wrote like a dozen other movies because, you know, the best part of this movie was the script. He actually still has movies coming out to this day. Movies that he wrote, directed. Um, he has an upcoming project called Grave Robbers from Outer Space. I'll know that he's just credited as the creator. He had a TV series called The Forsaken Westerns. And he's honestly 
pioneered like his own genre of like Ed Wood movies. Like Casey, remember we saw that movie that was like an Ed Wood style movie called Lesbian Space Aliens from Outer Space Seeking Yeah, Sane. I remember watching that movie. That movie was self-aware and had jokes though. Yeah, exactly. You, as a matter of fact, created an Ed Wood-style short film when you were in high school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I did when I was in high school. It got good reviews. People liked it. It was a comedy. And honestly, it had better acting than this. <laughs> and I, I remember you, because you showed me it too. I thought it was great. I loved it. And you, your friend, like, in the close-ups, he had a beard, but then on the wide shots, he didn't. That was so funny. <laughs> Shit, what even was that called? Let me look that up. That was fun to work on, and it was better than this movie because it was self-aware. Yeah, and it, like, actually had, you know, talent put behind it. Well, talent. I'm no fucking filmmaker. I can't do shit. I am nervous. Don't praise me. Point is, Ed Wood is probably the worst filmmaker ever. Yeah. Or, on the other hand, Tommy was so... Yeah, but I mean, Tommy Wiseau, actually, he was able to make a movie that was in the confines of what he could, you know? He made a romantic drama just about people in a relationship. It's bad. It's horrible. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the worst movies ever made. I'm just saying, he didn't try to make this giant space epic and a horror movie. What makes this movie worse than The Room is A, The Room is actually entertaining, <laughs> and B, I feel like this movie just overst- it's, it's appetite, it's bite is- no, it's appetite is bigger than their bite, you know? Is that a phrase? Is that a phrase? I don't know. Not really, but I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Its eyes are bigger than its stomach. That's the phrase. That's what I'm looking for. I don't know. Would you consider Yui Bowl being worse than Ed Wood? I mean, maybe. We're in the weeds. Like, because this movie is just so stupid and boring that there's nothing to talk about other than, ugh, we hate it. Riley, what score? Honestly, every single frame of this movie is bad. It's just horrible. The directing is shit. The writing is shit. Editing is shit. Production design, cinematography, acting, all of it is the worst possible version of it. This movie makes Captain America from 1990 look like an MCU film. This movie makes fucking The Last Airbender look like a masterpiece. It makes the Star Wars holiday special entertaining. You know, it's like, this is just not good. And I, I I guess I understand why it would have a cult following because, you know, like you and I just talked about, it kind of pioneered its own style where people such as Casey and lesbian space aliens seek same movie that we watched in Cult Cinema Club. Didn't get a theatrical release, but it was still pretty good. It pioneered its own style and tone and that people emulate and people are attracted to to this day as a source of entertainment. Me personally, this movie did nothing for me except make me laugh at how incompetently awful it is. It's horrible. Every frame of this movie is the worst possible version of it it can be. Solely based on the fact that I was laughing the entire thing at how atrocious it is, I'm going to give it a one. I've talked about my scores in the past. The lowest I can give this is a two. So I'm giving it a two. And honestly, I'm considering... Shit, I'm giving it 1.5. I'm going lower. Nice. There is nothing redeemable about this movie. If I'm reading this right, I believe that's the lowest rated movie oh, we have. Oh, definitely, definitely. 
Like Worst Star Wars Star Holiday Wars Special may be bad, but at least it had good costumes. Yeah, at least it had Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, you know? At least some kind of talent, at least present, whether or not it was executed well on screen is irrelevant. It was there. I want to clarify something. I said I had a smile on my face. I was laughing the entire time, but I have really have no need, no desire to watch this movie ever again. And that's one of the biggest failings of a cult classic for me. I don't really have much enjoyment in it beyond the fact this is just shit. So I have no reason to watch this. I'm glad I did watch it. But now my thoughts are immortalized here in this episode. And this will probably be the last time I talk about it for quite some time. Yeah. And you'll notice, hey, don't these episodes normally go a bit longer? There's nothing to talk about. It's a boring film. It's less than 80 minutes. It's less than 80 minutes. And just so much nothing happens. It's an endless parade of nothing. And it's all bad. And no one can act in it. And the aliens have a dumb plan. Yeah, it's just people standing around talking about nothing. As zombies walk towards them slowly and do nothing. And what are the zombies? One of them's a zombie. The other one's a vampire. The other one's a guy pretending to be Bella Lugosi poorly. I just don't even fucking... Understand. God. Like I said, it just baffles me that because clearly Ed Wood had passion for making movies. He made like so many in his life. Clearly he had a passion and a drive to do it. But like at no point did he ever achieve anything at all. He didn't achieve anything with this movie. Despite his passion, despite his drive, this movie is garbage. Not even by accident is it good. And, you know, going from this episode that's kind of short, next week's episode's probably going to be long because it's a special, a 4th of July special where we're going to try something new. We're going to watch every Rocky movie. And by every, I mean the classic five Rocky movies. Yeah, so this is going to be the first episode reviewing an entire series, or rather just the first five installments in said series. We're changing up the formula, and we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Yeah, it's going to be an experiment. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't. If you don't mind me ending this early... I am kind of busy because I have to watch 10 hours of Sylvester Stallone punching people. And then six episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right, right, because I'm doing that video essay on it. And it's going to be way too fucking long, just like the last video essay, because I don't know when to shut the fuck up. We'll be back next week where we will talk about future events that are occurring in the future. As always, I'm Casey Jarms. And I'm Riley Thorpe. And hey... It's just a movie. Don't lose your head about it. Did I mess that? I feel like I messed that up. Whatever. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Follow Casey on social media. Oh, fuck. I missed that. I just... This this movie is so dumb. It drained all my fucking skill (laughs) and ability to do the show. Uh, That's all right, man. Riley, find show where? You can all find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Silver Age Silver Screen. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Riley Thorpe, where you can check out all of my short films. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram and TikTok at Riley James Thorpe. Casey, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jarms Casey, J-A-R-M-E-S-C-A-S-E-Y. 
I guess you can find me on YouTube at Casey Jarms. The video we were talking about later where I got uncomfortable because I don't like being praised was called The Invasion of the Communist Flying Saucers. I made it when I was a senior in high school. It's a send-up to movies like this, and it's better than this. You should make it public so we can watch it. Yeah, I just, I had it unlisted. I'll make it public because we talked about it. Uh, fuck it. It's the end of the episode. What a mess. See you, everybody. Bye.